You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 133. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture, Goodfellas one upset Karen minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards, and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Hey. And continuing to join us, he hasn't left us yet, despite no carbone, Mr. Matt Gorley of the James Bonding Podcast. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, and actually that podcast is relevant to today's episode. Ooh. Oh, fantastic. Is that a tease? I guess. I mean, we can open with it. You can take a guess why. Whatever you like. Oh, wow. Well, here, well, let's recap what happens, and then we'll go dive into that. Talking minutes. about the anticipation already, so yeah. this is great. <laughs> So this minute starts with Karen squealing into the driveway and arriving home very upset, and it ends with a slow shot through the diner as Henry arrives to meet Jimmy. So there you go. Karen driving very fast. She's upset. I would like to note before we get into the James Bond connection that where Jimmy's swag stuff was when Karen peels out and Rockville Center, Mm -hmm. where they live, where their house is, that is a Mm 45-minute drive. At least. (laughs) At least. Depending on the time of day. Yeah, it's exactly. midday, clearly. Yeah. yeah, But if it's Saturday, it could be awful. Yeah, so considering as upset as Karen is when she arrives, imagine how she was a half an hour ago on the parkway. Sitting in the LIE. Yeah. Yeah, having a panic attack, but crawling along. It looks like I, that jacket's warm. Unless Jimmy's been following her on foot like in that creep show movie, <laughs> but just doing that gesture behind her in a rearview mirror the entire time. <laughs> Jimmy follows. <laughs> It's just, it's just haunting her. You have to sleep with somebody else, and then Jimmy follows them. <laughs> Thank you. Apparently, you're the only one who saw it. I like that Henry is waiting at the door with a pistol. Oh, there you go. There it is. Matt? It's James Bond's Walter PPK. Really? How does, how does Henry Hill get James Bond's gun? Well, it's not the actual gun. Oh, all right. <laughs> Same no, model. It is. Yeah. I wow. think those, those were just popular for a long time. It's crazy how how long those guns were used and probably still are well they're small is it because they're little guns yeah they're, they're easily i guess concealed. so yeah and yeah. actually you know that i don't think they were they were so massively produced too that even when i was a kid i was so into world war ii so i used to go to these like i don't know history Gun conventions stores. and stuff like that and and then uh they had these guns everywhere and they weren't even that expensive hmm. wow were, were you are you buying firearms as a child? I, I was not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like 20 of them. <laughs> I was I, not. I, I know I should have prefaced that, but uh, no, but I remember seeing them all there. And, they, you know, it's like the people you would imagine, they were like real hardcore gun nuts with these booths, and they would just be set like lines of MP40s and Walther PPKs and just kind of come on up, and they were probably like 100 or $200 at the most. I feel like the fact that it's James Bond's gun directly leads to the fact that they would be very common. Because, I mean, that might be the first pistol model I'd ever heard of, other than maybe like a 357 Magnum, you know, which is. Yeah. Or a 9mm nine millimeter, nine millimeter Beretta. Yeah, but it's not cool in the same way. Well, there, was, there, was a show, there was a show called Beretta. Beretta. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, so at that point, that gun was very popular. But. Yeah, in the right, post Roger right. Moore era, yeah. <laughs> the original Bond, he used to use a little like small caliber Beretta, and then they made him give it up for the Walther PPK, and that's the one wow. that stuck. 
so I love the shot of Henry at the screen door with the gun. Like, that's a great, like, that's, you know, like he's in, and this goes back to, I think he was waiting for her to come home for meeting Jimmy, but then he runs out to see what's the matter. Gun in hand. Like, Put the they're, gun away. They're in this, they're, they're literally around the block from a school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Is that not normal where you live? <laughs> uh, because where I live. So he runs out to see what's the matter with Karen. Karen is very upset. She's been crying for 45 minutes. Is she upset because of the traffic or because of Jimmy? Both. <laughs> oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> she probably had to at one point get on the BQE. Oh, oh that'll, that'll get anybody. Well, no, she had, she, had the, she had the BQE to, to the belt, most right. likely. She's going exactly. To Rock, if she's going to Rockville Center, she's taking the BQE to the belt, going past Kennedy. That is just like a death That mark. is a nightmare. I've looked like that, picking people up from the airport. You don't want to have this a gun. This is some in real inside New York stuff, guys. <laughs> you don't want to have you don't want to be upset and have a gun in the car and be on that route because somebody's going to get shot. Well, luckily she didn't have the, the PPK, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a whole mess. Oh, terrible! I can hear the fatigue in your voice when you guys talk about this from just having experienced that a you, bunch. There's have you ever had to drive from Brooklyn to Queens and no. three three miles? And it took three hours because I have. Yeah. <laughs> but I've driven yeah. from Santa Monica to the east side, and it's. I have to imagine the same miserable experience. I used to it's, commute. No, it isn't because I used no? to commute from North Hollywood go. to Santa Monica, and that was not as bad as driving the eight miles to Connor's house. Now here's the problem: is that the stretch of the BQE right before the Cosquisco into oh. probably past Park Slope, you know, like kind of past where we were hanging out a lot back then. It didn't matter what day of the what day yeah. what time of day it was. Nothing. Like I've driven in LA and I've driven from Santa Monica to to West Hollywood or whatever, but I've done it at like two in the morning and it takes ten minutes, right? You can I, you, you can never hit traffic at that time. Yes, exactly. You hit stopped traffic at three in the morning and stop traffic at three in the afternoon. It's just a lose lose situation. No, it would happen in LA, but it would happen much more randomly. Like it would happen. Yeah. But you could count it out on the on the BQE. I mean, it, just, well, it didn't matter. You know, many people have asked it's, us what podcast we're doing next, and clearly we should do a podcast about commuting. <laughs> sounds mean, we've, great. We've stumbled upon the answer, <laughs> here, guys. Well, what's funny is, so, so Matt, you listen to the show, right? And, yeah. and, and as you mentioned, you live in Los Angeles. Uh, and have you you've spent much time in New York at all? Or uh, I've been there a few times, but okay. I'm in no way familiar with like the terminology of the expressways and all that stuff. Okay, so when you've listened to this show for 132 episodes up to this point, and you hear us talk about the parkways with the passion that we do, do you think we're crazy? Can <laughs> we just come off as like insane? Oh people? no, not at all. In fact, <laughs> I I like hearing like what you just said, like that it would actually take forty five minutes to get from point A to point B. That's something I just do not consider in watching this film, and so that adds a pretty fun element to it. Yeah, I mean, like like going back to when Karen's across street neighbor accosted her, and Henry, you know, zoomed, you know, drove immediately to her to help her. That was like an hour drive. It was just like right. it's, it's not. It is not easy to get around Long Island. That's the thing. But sometimes not, you guys still use insider information where you'll be like, ah, oh, he just went from the Del Vecchio overpass <laughs> to the Hammersmith undergo, and uh, and you you guys all laugh, and I'll be like, I I don't know what that means. <laughs> It's Those funny. are good places. <laughs> Jargon. Anyway, I, I, don't know. I, I, I could talk about the parkways for hours. Well, that's our next podcast. Wait, wait. Exactly. Before we move on, by the way, do you know who Robert Moses is? I don't know. 
Oh, is he man, a bridge man? Someone that they made a bridge after? <laughs> no, he's the architect of modern New York City, both good and bad. He's, oh. a, he's a villain and a hero. Oh. He designed- like, You mean from like establishment to establishment? Just some of his stuff is great and some is horrible? Or what do you mean? Well, some of the stuff he did was good and some of the stuff he did was hard. Like he, he was lobbying. Like he, he wanted to usher in uh you know the cars into new york city and had had an enormous plan to build la like freeways through manhattan which would have which would have decimated you know hundreds of year old neighborhoods and things like that and so people kind of hated him towards the end of his run but he did amazing things like building the parkway system and building the beach that's named after him and other things uh he was like a city planner. You're making a stronger and okay, stronger you. argument for our next podcast, Ron. The more you talk. Robert Moses Minute? Robert Moses Minute. Yeah. <laughs> so before we move on to, to the diner, we haven't really talked about Karen's all-leather getup yet. I feel like we've talked about it every day that she's been in it. We've mentioned not, it. We've said, we talked about the jacket. Yeah. 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 So she's wearing the jacket and the skirt, and possibly that leather was made in Kanpur, India, because that is the leather city of the world. That's ironic. Kanpur, India has over 700 tanneries yeah it is ironic <laughs> it is ironic but recently i had almost 100 of them closed down because they're basically destroying the ganja river by dumping all of their waste go and say you meant to say ganges no <laughs> oh it's ganja it's g-a-n-g-a no shit yeah they're destroying it because they're dumping all their waste into it all these tanneries and they've had they've shut 100 of them down there's still 700 left but uh, that is where much of the leather in the world is tanned wow i know i know what you're gonna say i don't have the answer for you okay <laughs> Oddly enough, the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin is the sister city of Kanpur, India. I don't know why. Oh, huh. There's a whole network of sister cities. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know what, it, what you get out of that. It yeah. might be meaningless. They put signs in the airports. Do you mean like it's a meaningless gesture that they're civic pride? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I, I feel it's some sort of, it's, I mean, basically, I mean, at the heart of it, it's a cultural exchange. Like what happens is, is that the you know the the cities find some reason to connect, and I don't know what Milwaukee and what what was the city you're talking about, Kanpur, Kanpur, or yeah, I don't know why, I don't know why they would, but like, but but like, what's interesting is that like Chicago's sister city is Warsaw, Poland, which you know has direct ties to the Polish community in Chicago, right? Yeah, Um, Uh, I'm just googled. I'm so curious, my city, and it's got five sister cities. Well, I, or, I imagine it's a bit of a popularity contest. Like, everybody wants to be the sister city of Sarajevo. I don't know. So. Listen to these, though. Jarvenpa, Finland. Wow. Ludwigshafen am Rhein, Germany. <laughs> Mishima, Japan. Van, Vanadzor, Armenia. And Zixing District, Beijing. Wow. It was That's at least cult- two ac- Axis powers. <laughs> <laughs> and Beijing, so. I don't know. Yeah. I would I would look into the city council there because there's some issues going on. So what's interesting, I live in San Francisco and San Francisco has 18 sister cities. Jeez. Cork, well, Ireland, Bangalore, wow. Na- Naples. I know Ho Chi Minh City, Manila. Oh. It's very strange. I feel like I need to reel this show back in. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the fact that I don't believe that the real Henry Hill was nearly in as good shape as the uh, Leota Henry Hill at this point in his life. He runs out there in his open shirt with his A shirt on, and I was like, he looks really good there. He's, yeah, he's, he's very well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a cocaine addict. But That's true. at the same time, like, I've seen what Henry Hill looked like, and I was like, I don't think that ever happened. Yeah. Well, you saying this is a Hollywoodized <laughs> version of Henry Hill? A little bit. Hmm. A little bit. He's also, they can't afford food. 
<laughs> this is an example of uh, if you're living in the suburbs, why you should not buy a house with ten step staircase up to your front door. Yeah, I don't think it's easy to move your legs in a leather skirt. There's not a lot of give there. And you see her grasp the the handrail like twice. Like she's got, she needs help to get up the stairs. It's, uh, she's very upset. He can only help with one hand because he's got the gun. Yeah, exactly. Is this split level, Ron? No, it's not split level. When they walk in, you don't have to make a decision. The whole problem with split level is when you walk in, there's stairs that go up, stairs that go down. Remember when he was making the meatballs? And I he... remember this episode when you talked about this. And <laughs> you you really got a thing. I could just feel it. <laughs> because you've I already just... explained this. And so you're explaining it again as if, like, can you believe this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's your next podcast right there. Yeah, yeah, split level minute. Yeah, anyway. No, it is not a split level because he, when he was making the meatballs, he went to the door. There's no right. staircase down or up there. It just it just happens to be, you know. Is it a raised basement? Yes, I think that's what <laughs> I still our, can't get over the fact that the way you phrase it is not like, do I want to go into the living room or go into the bedroom? It's you have to make a decision. Like, what are you going to do with your evening? Because God knows if you go down one, you can't go back up the other. Right, that's the thing is that like, you, like I walk in the door and I'm instantly confronted with the decision. Do I go up or down? But you, you can also turn right or left at most doors. Well, true, but yeah, I mean, but, but if you turn right, there's probably a place to hang your jacket, and there's not much right or saying, left. He's yeah. saying there's an extra step into to being home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're inside. You walk in, you're home. Right. This you're one, in, not you're quite. In, it's you're you're inside, but you still have work to do. All right, so. Uh, yeah. So he helps Karen in. Karen's upset, yada yada, and then uh, it cuts to a POV shot of Henry walking into the diner, and it's a tracking shot through the the crowd of the diner. And I've watched this maybe seventeen times just on repeat. I want to do that, but I want to just the one thing that was interesting about about her getting home is that when Henry, like Henry, is is he's actually really concerned there. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the first times where I think that we've seen like him genuinely concerned with the fate of his wife. He seems compassionate, and he like, he's never seen that way towards her. Well, when he beat the hell out of Bruce, he came running. Well, that was a long time ago. Oh. There felt like a little bit of selfishness in it to me. Like, he's compassionate for her, but at the same time going, I want to know what you found out, because this is what I'm talking about here, see? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's all the it's the it's the Cold War between Henry Wait, and the rest of Did he say it like Edward G. Robinson? <laughs> What'd you find out, see? <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's I'm concerned. And he's, yeah, he's worried. He's 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 worried for his life and for her life, yeah. for everyone's life. Now here, you could think that he, he seems to have known where she was. Well, the the thing yeah. is that you, let's rec- let's not recall or let's recall the scene right before Karen meeting with Jimmy is Karen out of the shower and Henry telling her that they're dead and she not believing him. You know, like he just told her, listen, if we stay here, we're dead. And then she goes to see Jimmy and thinks that she almost died. And so now she's with Henry, like she agrees. Like this, that had to happen for Karen to accept the witness protection program that will come. Whoa, what? What? We'll see. Spoilers. All right, back to the diner. Yeah, back to the diner. I think the happiest person in this entire movie is the kid pouring the syrup on something. Yep. It's probably delicious. He's just going to town. Look at that thing. But when you were a kid, the syrup dispenser at the diner was one of the coolest things in the world, right? Yes. Right, that mechanism? Yep. It was yeah. like that like flat yep. piece of metal that slid when you press the trigger. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. It's timeless because I have taken my kid to IHOP, which is disgusting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They could be a sponsor in the future. It's fine. <laughs> he does not like things that have lots of flavors, but there are four there, and they each need to be manipulated, and he's willing to, he's willing to try something. 
just because he wants to play with every one of those syrup dispensers. And they don't ever change. Your mom would try to do it. You'd be like, no, I'll do it. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yep. It's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It felt so well, futuristic. It, it took us three days to get to food, so that's kind of a record. I think he's got <laughs> pancakes. And it was a stretch, too. There wasn't, it, was, it was not the focus of the scene. <laughs> but you found a way, and uh, if they gave award, awards for this kind of thing, <laughs> we would still not be considered, but still. There's like a grumpy yeah. pedophile behind him. There's all kinds of characters at this, <laughs> this diner. At so so once again, they are at the movie equivalent of the Sherwood Diner, uh, which is where they were when they found out that Tommy was whacked, and, and then the, the feds, when they go, let's go for a ride, fuckos. <laughs> this is Jimmy and Henry's main, this is their diner, this is their meeting. I, I, and I wonder, like, is that their table? It's like Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. when he comes in, he knows the hostesses or the various hostesses' names, and they then they know where to take him. Yep. Do they make somebody else get up? Are they that's important still there? I don't know. They keep Maybe. it open for them. Maybe. So many questions. Yeah. I think one of the things that's interesting now is that you hear in the VO the tone of Henry's voice has changed completely. It's way more contrite. It's much more subdued. Yeah, his look is very talk. sheepish too. Yeah, yeah. Like everything about it has changed as we've sort of passed to the other side of this life. And also, like, he's saying, like, if you think about, like, his description of the mob before, it was all very, it was like, oh, well, listen, we were just, you know, we were just working hard. It was, we were just a, a place that people go, couldn't go to the cops, blah, blah, blah. And here, like, his, if, you, if no one tells you they're going to kill you. Like, yep. he's admitting all the things that he had never admitted to himself before. Yeah, and the dolly in in the beginning is so slow, it makes you feel like, obviously, it's his point of view, but that he's coming in so slow and cautiously and looking at everything as you watch it. I feel kind of jealous that you guys watched this minute by minute, because when you're watching it all as one, you're just kind of taking it all in. But you must really, like, dissect every shot and its intentions and stuff. And I did that with these five minutes. It was really cool. And then you, I feel like I'm reading too much into it, but it, it was pretty fun. There's a bit of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this movie is a wonderful combination of very, very simple shots that capture a moment in time and the naturalness, like shooting on location on Long Island, in Queens, in Brooklyn, you know, at this diner, which is still a diner in Maspeth that you can go to and it probably looks exactly the same. You know, like, it, like the, the attention to detail about how this world was in 1980 is like, that's one of the things I love about this movie, you know, like in that, and that, and the thing is that it happens so quickly that you don't, unless you're, you know, uh, uh, life moves pretty fast unless you, no, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> but unless you stop to, to look at the kid with the syrup and the, and the, the dude, the dude in the booth behind them, which is weird. That is the benefit of the show. Like this is, we really are just discovering a lot of things we hadn't before. Yep. There's a lot of richness in it. I like the ongoing debate that keeps coming up about what is intentional and what was lucky happenstance or what seems like it was supposed to be intentional, but it wasn't at all. And nobody noticed it until you sort of read that into it, you know, as you're yeah. watching. I think that one of the things they did really smartly was I feel like they did keep some things pretty vague and unintentional so that you can read what the so that kiss in that in the first minute this week, you know, the, the kiss goodbye, it wasn't really anything there. They just did it straight up, but you're trying to read into it. Henry does that through the whole movie where I can't tell if Henry's acting like a bad liar or he's being sincere or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's great stuff. All right, anything else on this minute? Yeah, sorry, Matt, the fuck counts till zero. That's all right. I just want to say that it, when it freezes, when you're watching it minute by minute, it, you haven't got close enough to see the De Niro smoking, and it looks like he's just sucking his thumb when it freezes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the last second of the minute where he turns the corner, and you see him at the booth, and, and you know, we can, 
guess that he's smoking, but yeah, you're right. The way it looks, it just looks like he's sucking his thumb. That's very funny. <laughs> he's stressed out. Is, yeah. is this the last sort of like significant tracking shot? I don't know. Might be. I'm saying keep a note on it because this might be the last one we get to see. Well, we got a great shot coming up tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. That's going to finish up for Minute 133. Tune in tomorrow for Minute 134 and that fantastic shot that we're going to talk about. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at GoodfellasMin and on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. Matt, where can the good people find you on the Internet? Just at my name on Instagram and Twitter, Matt Gorley, and uh, on Letterboxd, too, the film website. Do you guys use that? No. What is oh. that? Well, it's, yeah, check it out. This little hunt. All right, cool. Something to do. All right, so if you're looking for something to do, you can support the show by going to goodfellowsminute.com slash support. And there you can find a link to shop via Amazon and give us a little taste of the action, uh, as well as you can go to patreon.com slash GFM where you can become a direct supporter of the show by becoming a patron. And uh, later this Friday, we'll be opening the books and giving two patrons mob names. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward just to Matt participating in that. So if you have any questions or things to note, you can email us at contact at goodfellowsminute.com. And until then, I really want to go back to a diner on Long Island now. I knew it was coming to that. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.